are listening to Cover Stories, a deep dive into the stories behind iconic album art with Adam Charlie O. After the Gold Rush, released on September 19, 1970, began its life as a movie soundtrack. Here's the backstory. Dennis Hopper from Easy Rider fame encouraged Dean Stockwell, a former child movie star of the 40s and 50s, to write a screenplay while the two were in the jungles of Peru making the last movie. Hopper assured Stockwell he had the connections to get the movie made. Stockwell began writing the screenplay for the never-to-be-made film after the gold rush in his Topanga Canyon home with Herb Berman. A fellow Canyon resident was suffering a period of writer's block and was under pressure to produce an album of new material. This would be Canadian-born Neil Young. He asked to see Stockwell's script, was intrigued, and commenced working on what he imagined would be the soundtrack of what looked to be a counterculture film that loosely involved an end-of-the-world scenario centered on California, in which a biblical flood threatened to pull the state into the ocean. One of these songs was after the gold rush, which begins in a medieval era of knights and peasants and progresses to an ending in outer space with the remnants of humanity, after the world has descended into apocalypse. This song was designed to depict the film's plot. Young even invited Stockwell to sit in on some of the album's sessions. In his autobiography, Waging Heavy Peace, Young wrote, After the Gold Rush was written to go along with the story's main character as he carried the Tree of Life through Topanga Canyon to the ocean. Young added that the film was a little off the wall and not a normal type of Hollywood story. I was really into it. Apparently, the studio wasn't. Despite a score written by Young and Hopper's promises that he could get the film produced, it never saw the light of day, and the script was subsequently lost. But an album was born. Stockwell later said, If you could calculate the amount of human energy that goes into the making of one of his songs, you would have a really fucking high number, man. Young later explained some of his thoughts behind this song. I recognize in it now this thread that goes through a lot of my songs. That's the time travel thing. When I look out the window, the first thing that comes to my mind is the way this place looked a hundred years ago. Young recalled also writing Cripple Creek Ferry for the film that would never be made. Fast forward to June 1970. What do Graham Nash, Joel Bernstein, Gary Burden, an old Italian woman, and Neil Young have in common? They were all there the day the cover photo for the album was shot on Sullivan Street at the intersection with West 3rd Street in New York City. Graham Nash was an observer who appeared in the original photo. He was later cropped out. Joel Bernstein was the photographer. Gary Burden was art directing the cover. The old Italian woman was minding her own business. Her identity remains a mystery. And Neil Young was, of course, the artist in full stride with mutton-chop sideburns, long hair, and an intense Jungian expression on his face. Photographer Bernstein's proof sheet shows that the group took some photos in Washington Square Park 
earlier in the day. Then they walked down Sullivan Street and took the picture at the corner of West 3rd Street. The building on the far left margin of the cover was the side wall of the New York University Law School, Vanderbilt Hall to be specific. The site looks much the same today on Google Maps. Bernstein was 18 years old when the cover was shot. He took the photo standing on the sidewalk with a 28mm wide lens. He reportedly said he was shocked that Young chose that photo for the cover, describing it at the time as an accidental shot of Young walking through Greenwich Village during an outdoor photo session. He later expanded on what he meant by an accidental shot. Bernstein said, The photo was not a mistake. I saw the small old woman coming towards us down the sidewalk, was intrigued, and wanted to catch her passing Neil. The mistake to me was that I had in my haste focused the lens just past the two figures, closer to the fence than to Neil's face. That was the original reason why I made a small-sized print and solarized it, to help with the apparent sharpness. But the solarization in this case added a somewhat spooky dimension to the image, which Neil took to immediately. And in the spontaneous moment of that photo, you have it. Past and present. Two walks of life. Two generations passing each other by. It was a perfect metaphor for the time. The album's art direction and design were done by famous art director Gary Burden. For the album cover geeks out there, Bernstein later said, For some reason, Gary Burden chose to strip in rows of bricks instead of using those which were there. If you look on the cover, you can clearly see the cut line three brick layers above the top of the fence. The small brick is in the layer that has been stripped in and is probably from higher up the wall than it appears on the cover. Burden responded, Joel is correct. I did add some bricks to the top in order to have room for the title type. Yep, the size of the bricks is a little off. But in my defense, I would say that was in the days long before there was anything like Photoshop, and everything I did was stripped together on dye transfer prints and retouched with an airbrush. Bernstein first photographed Young in February 1969 at his first East Coast show with Crazy Horse, at the Bitter End in New York City. He worked extensively with Young as his tour photographer. He also shot Young for 18 of his album covers. Over a 20-year period from 1973 through 1993, he also worked as Young's guitar technician while serving as his archivist. Turn the album over and you see the back of Young's patched denim jeans. The paisley and otherwise patterned and textured patches get a credit on the cover. They were the work of Young's then-wife, Susan Acevedo. Open the album to the gatefold and you get a shot of Young lounging on a leather sofa in a small room surrounded by guitars, the walls decorated with photographs and posters. He's wearing the same jeans that appear on the rear cover, and he appears to have been recently reading a paper that is draped across his shirt. An unidentified woman lighting a smoke is seen at the far right of the gatefold. Bernstein took these photos as well. 
Gary Burden and Young were friends. Young said on the occasion of Burden's death, my friend for life, Gary was my art director, creating album covers with me for almost 50 years, beginning with After the Gold Rush and ending with Paradox and Roxy, my next two albums, he wrote. I still have some covers for unreleased albums that we made together, Young continued. They are coming. We probably made 40 covers. I lost count. Burden also designed album covers for other artists, including The Doors' Morrison Hotel, Joni Mitchell's Blue, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young's Deja Vu, and many more. Burden, reminiscing about the Gold Rush cover, said, Myself, Graham Nash, and a photographer, Joel Bernstein, went down to the village with Neil to take pictures, and Joel shot that shot. It was a magic moment, because that little Italian lady was there, going the other way, and he got it at just the right moment. It was a black and white shot that I converted to make it look like it was solarized. I also made the lettering look like rust, because it's after the gold rush. And what comes after the gold rush? Rust. Sounds like we may have the beginnings of a controversy over who actually did the solarization. This album was Young's last with the original Crazy Horse. They appear on three of the 11 tracks, When You Dance, I Can Really Love, Oh Lonesome Me, and I Believe in You. The album was not met with critical acclaim. Rolling Stone said in part, Neil Young devotees will probably spend the next few weeks trying desperately to convince themselves that after the gold rush is good music. They called the album Half-Baked. By 1975, Rolling Stone had done a full reversal, calling Gold Rush Young's masterpiece. Amazingly, Gold Rush produced no major hits, but it did kick off Young's solo career. Young was growing from a folk rock underdog to a rock deity. As much as I love this album cover, Young does not strike me as a New York kind of guy. He's more of a misfit, brooding, angry Californian. Or maybe he has always remained Canadian. Let's hit the pause button and chat a bit. Hello, hello from Album Art Cover Stories. Charlie and Adam here. Uh, this week we're celebrating After the Gold Rush by the inimitable and brilliant Neil Young. Absolutely. Um, it's incredible in every way. All right, we'll see you next week. Um, I, you know, I, I do have to get this out of the way, obviously. I'm a legitimate fanboy. Um, started, you know, by, by you, I yeah, would imagine, yeah, yeah. for sure. We've seen them a few times together. We have, indeed. So I'm likely to defend pretty much anything Neil Young related, including the abomination that was, uh, you know, trans or landing on water in the 80s or, you know, the 25 or so forgettable albums since. Yeah, I, I don't think I can go that, that far with you into the 2000s. I'm, I'm a, a an, an early Neil Young uh, yeah, yeah, fanboy. His house, young days. So I'm guessing I don't have to worry about you dismissing this particular no, classic. Okay. Absolutely not. So this is as visually stunning as it is sonically stunning. Um, so let's talk about this movie for a moment. Um, I, for one, am very grateful it never came to pass. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think an, another, um, well, I shouldn't say another, I guess this would have been one in the 
one of the first in the series of, of uh, I think this could have been a bigger artistic catastrophe than the uh, than the natural disaster that the movie was built around. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. I do love you know that it that it prompted a, a fantastic quote and spot on appraisal of Neil's work by Neil himself, um, and I think it really touches on a major through line of a lot of his work: reconciling the past with the present. Yeah, um, you had a really prescient thing to say about the cover. Um, before we dive into all of the the ins and outs of what's on that cover, just give us your you know your thought on how that bridges the generations in a way. Well, you know, th- this was uh, 1970, so it was a you know coming of age period for me. A lot of uh, tension between generations. You know, oh, yeah. uh, me and my parents didn't see eye to eye on on certain things. You know, Vietnam and this and that and other things going on. So there was this generational thing going on. There was a very strong thing during the sixties and seventies. And to see this album, it's great. You know, you just have Neil Young, the angry young man going one way and this little old Italian lady, you know, going the other way. And I think it's, it's just such a a great metaphor, you know, that we have these two generations, these two lifestyles and, and we're going in opposite directions. And, and it really spoke to me, you know, at the time. Plus, the, the imagery was so um, groundbreaking at the time. I mean, now, you know, with, with Photoshop, everybody yeah, looks oh at yeah. it and yawns. Yeah. But, you know, to think of this stuff and to do it by hand and, to, you know, to do the things they did, it was a really stunning uh, album cover, like you said. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's interesting talking about that, you know, those two generations almost passing like ships. You know, she's yeah. a very small person, very, uh, you know, diminutive, and it seems like she's kind of fading into obscurity of, you know, yeah. whatever's next. I would love to have this album cover reimagined. If it was just a, a fun snapshot from, from Young, but walking in the other direction, I think would be kind of cool, yeah. you know? Yeah, there you go. We got an AI project for us. Oh, gosh. Let's, we're we're going to try and stay out of that unless <laughs> uh, someone can uh, step up and take care of that. Um, but I do like, you know, Neil has always had a way of imagining things as they once were and sort of admonishes all of us, including himself, for, you know, our inability to stop its destruction. Um, he doesn't, you know, again, he doesn't spare himself because mm-hmm. he's a big, uh, gas guzzling car fan. <laughs> you know, he has probably more cars than your local taxi company, if taxi companies still exist. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so interesting. And I do like the movie, you know, the idea of the movie lent itself to the just absolutely bizarre and bonkers lyrics to the title track. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was really cool. And you know, it's interesting. I, I love this research because, you know, I get hit smack in the middle of, of my eyes at times with the obviousness. And I think, oh, after the gold rush, that's really what it was. I mean, it was yeah. time travel. It was, you know, I'm, you know, because you're back then, you know, you, you're wrapped up in the melody and the personalities and all this stuff. Yeah. And, and I wasn't the deepest thinker about the, the lyrics. You know, I, I learned to sing them and sing along with them. And that's all I needed to know. But, you know, yeah, I think, oh, yeah, he, he does do a lot yeah. of that. He's switching back and forth in time. And, you know, that's been a, a constant theme of his, trying to reconcile. I don't know. Yeah, and it, it's interesting, too, because I, I love Neil Young. Again, I'll defend damn near anything we touch. But he has very clunky lyrics sometimes. When he's going for, it's just very heavy-handed. Uh, the environment, save the trees, you know. But when he steps out of that and really stretches his legs and thinks and sings about 
Archer splits the tree, and you know it's yeah. uh, it's, yeah. it's some I thought it wild was, imagery. I thought it was drug stuff for sure. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, we got knights and shining armor, yeah. and Archer splitting the tree. Yeah, but you yeah. know, the only time the crowd cheers is yeah. when you know he talks about getting high in that song. Yeah. But I do love you know it's just couplets that seem like they're just plug and play, and it's very <laughs> abstract imagery. But you can put anything over a, a melody that's so beautiful and aching. You know, yeah, he comes worked. up with one time to time. He really does. He really does. But let's get into this photo session. Uh, so what happened, Graham Nash, was was he there to watch, or was he originally part of the artistic direction? No, he was there. He was a buddy. You know, yeah. CSNY had just made their uh, uh, album together, and so uh, you know, Neil Young was kind of uh, flirting with the solo career and flirting with that, and, and you know, uh, he was letting go of, of Crazy Horse, uh, you know, on this album and all this stuff. So it was a time of transition for him and, sure. and, and new buddies. So, yeah, I think Graham Nash was just there as a friend. Or maybe he was an intermediary between uh, Stephen Stills and, and Neil Young. <laughs> or who, more likely Crosby and Neil Young, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, Stills and Young were, were feuding over who gets the writing credits. Oh, back then. The okay. music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a contentious time for everyone in that group. Uh, no surprise, it didn't last long, but yeah. more on that one later. Um so it's interesting, you know, it's worth a Google. It's a cool shot for sure. But I think the inclusion of Nash would have ruined the end product in much the same way if they had chosen a photo without the old Italian woman in passing. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, that would have really just um, ruined it. It would have absolutely ruined it. Uh, you know, for those who haven't seen it, he's off on the right-hand side of the, <laughs> of the shot. And just looking on, and, yeah. and it's kind of neat. Maybe it would have worked for a Graham Nash album or something in some way, shape, or form. But yeah, uh, yeah. The, and, and that's one thing I like about this: the the frequency with which people get it right. Yes, you know, the, yes. What, what they leave out, what they put in. Uh, that that's really a big part of the artistic touch, I think. Well, and it's interesting because you know we don't have to we we don't have to imagine these things. You know that particular bit of kismet remained. And we just discussed this, but it made the picture in much the same way Carol King's cat Telemachus yeah. made the picture. You yeah, know? just that little bit of spontaneity that just happened to happen. Yeah, uh, you know, and and that in, in that sense, it was an accidental uh, uh, cover because yeah. what's the chance yeah. that this little old woman's going to be passing Neil Young at that uh, location at that time? And I, cool. I wonder, and I'm sure you read this, or I read this in your work, but. Bernstein says, oh, no, 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 I saw her coming. It was a planned moment. <laughs> How much we believe him, it doesn't it, really matter. It was planned for about five seconds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here comes, comes this lady. Yeah. <laughs> right now, go, yeah. go, go. Let me get her. Um, <laughs> so it's interesting. But so much, you know, speaking of Bernstein, much like the Stones, their early associates, you know, in art mm. direction and photography, this was, he was 18 years old. Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't the first time he photographed Neil. Is that correct? No, he he was there for his very first concert on the East Coast and, and stayed with them for decades. Yeah. And they became fast friends. Yeah. I just think... Guitar what, technician. Oh, guitar technician. Okay. He was his guitar technician, yeah. Interesting. And his archivist. Okay, okay. And anyone that knows Neil Young's archives <laughs> know that that's a thankless job in a yeah. lot of ways. Um, but again, he really managed to capture a millisecond. In the you know the recently changing career of Neil Young, um, you mentioned it earlier. A time of transition. I like to think of Neil Young's entire career as just an elongated period of transition. It's always in motion. It's always the what's next. 
by the time he writes an album, he's probably forgotten it because he's on to the next one. Um, but I really like that this particular photo captures something that we don't see much from. You commented on this, but let's talk about Neil Young in New York. What's that make you feel? Yeah, you know, when I see Neil Young and, and I, I see, you know, it, when you get to see the photo that's not solarized, you see Neil Young, you know, the, the mutton chops all the way down to his jawline and the long hair yeah. and just that serious look that he has on his face. And I'm thinking, he doesn't belong in New York, almost because he's too much New York. When I think of the East Coast of New York City, I think of high energy. I think of aggression and things. Mm -hmm. And and Neil Young wouldn't have fit in there because because he's too much like that. He's uber that. He had to, he had to sort of go through the, the, the black hole and end up in California where everybody's mellow so he could really stand out as the, as the angry young man. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And I think, yeah, he, he, was, he, was just, he was too New York to stay in New York. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, when I see it, I see, you know, New York, especially at that time, the grit and yeah, the, yeah. the anonymity of, of yeah. New York could just chew you up. But I do like the idea, again, it's not where the title comes from, but I like the idea of Neil sort of leaving the gold rush of California's overmind Laurel Canyon scene. You know, sort of that, like, that AM folky radio stuff. That wasn't fully him. It was, no, no. But, but a tiny piece of him. Um, this isn't Harvest, you know? No. Um, but I, all of this ultimately is pretty funny because he's not from California either. He's, <laughs> he's right. a Canadian. He's a Canadian. Need we remind you. Um, but it's easy to forget because sometimes he comes across like the quintessential Californian of the time. Um, but let's talk about Burden a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he was... A, quite the career. A, yeah, and a very long-running art director for Neil as well, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so much, I think he really memorialized him really, uh, really well and very kindly. So I think Neil was fond of him and he's responsible for some other pretty, uh, pretty big albums. What, yeah, Mars Hotel was, was, uh, was a classic, you know, that, yeah. that may show up here, uh, someday and Deja Vu, of course, yep. uh, while we're uh, talking about uh, Joni Mitchell, Neil, I think, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and many others. He, he had hundreds of, of album covers that he did yeah. and, and did <laughs> probably 40 or so for Neil. Yeah, yeah. So he made some last-minute adjustments here. Well, you know, if we're to believe him, he seems yeah. to, to claim a lot of things. But um, so these these bricks that he added to fill in literal gaps yeah. in the wall above the fence. Uh, tell me about that because I've literally never looked beyond the people in this photo. Well, ever. And, you know, I, I love the passion that some people have for the things that they do and that interest them. There's a guy, and I'm sorry, I can't think of his name right at this moment. But uh, as a matter of fact, there's a little thing that goes on on the internet where people are trying to find the sites for the various album covers. Yes. And so, yes. you know, if, if you just you start to Google where was this, there's this one guy that did a fantastic job of, uh, of going through and, and seeking out uh, the background of, of, this, uh, of this particular shop. So this unfortunately unnamed gentleman, he uh, did his research on this, and he was trying to figure out where on this block this shot was. And it wasn't until later on when uh, Bernstein gave him a copy of the picture, the one with Graham Nash in it, that he could see the edge of the building. Because he was thinking, oh, it must have been in the center of the building. Because yeah. in the center of the building, they've done some renovation, and they put in a new entrance to this law school building or something. But then he got his aha moment when he got that picture from Bernstein 
but he was doing things like looking at the brickwork and seeing where the rain had worn out the bricks and was trying to match that up with the, the cover and all this sort of yeah. stuff. So he was the guy that kind of figured out, wait a minute, these bricks look a little bit different. And, yeah. and so uh, uh, Bernstein and Burden both uh, confirmed, you're right, we did do that. So, I mean, but, you know, just the passion behind it, the, the detail that this guy went into to do. And just to, you know, finish with the look of this particular album, the solarization effect, you know, the, the original image is wonderful and it's very crisp for that time or any time. Mm -hmm. But I think the, you know, the rust gives it an instantly recognizable look. And in my opinion, sort of in an inherent sadness that really matched the heft of this album at the time. Um, but it wasn't received that way, right? I mean, it wasn't received very well at the no. time. In some, by some no, no. Rolling that. Stone was very cruel to it. Said it was half-baked and then five years later declared it a masterpiece. Well, so. we've listened to it a few more times. <laughs> yeah, I apologize yeah. Yeah, for that. Give yourself a chance to, yeah. Yeah. To but feel the music. This really is the gold rush of Neil Young's um, career. So, it, you know. And, yeah, and this launched his solo career. I mean, he was saying goodbye to Crazy Horse. They did three of the 11 songs. And and he was trying to figure out where do I fit into the CSNY thing, and and it really launched the, the next fifty or so albums that he that he's released. As recently released as about a month ago, so he's right. still reaping the rewards of that initial run. So uh, yeah, see you next time, right? Okay, we went a little long on you, so we'll see you next time. Enjoy. Yeah.